All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain, Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So, <laughs> like today's topic, and I'm really winging this because I, I just really wanted this to be sincere and from the heart. Um, I just want to talk about the importance of family. And <clears throat> this isn't aimed at any one person specifically. This isn't aimed at any one demographic specifically. Uh, no age group. We're not, you know, uh, aiming at millennials. We're not aiming at the baby boomers or Generation X, Generation Z, Y, uh, I, whatever you want to call yourself. The greatest generation. I don't know which demographic you associate yourself with, but <clears throat> I just want to talk about the importance of family and um, how a family concept, a true family concept is so much better and, and, and above um, what I keep seeing argued in you know, social media or on TV or y'all, the, the y'all conversation or you guys or what you all did or what you're doing type conversations where it's, it's blamed. Um, so I'll just start with this because a year ago I was <clears throat> so confused, just like really confused. You know, I just lost my um, you know, mother's dad, my grandfather. And, you know, here we are a year later and, you know, I've lost my grandmother, you know, my mom's mom. And that's it. <laughs> I'm all out of grandparents and the effects of family at the right age, it, it just hits you so much more different, it hits you a little bit harder. And I think for a man, it's a little bit um, uh, more eye-opening as you mature and maybe even embrace um, what they call your feminine side, which is just peace, wisdom, and knowledge. Um, but the, that masculine side that everybody defers to for men, what it really is, is uh, stubbornness, pride, and <laughs> stubbornness, pride, and, you know, the the ability to lump your life experiences into what is strong, what is muscular, what is an engine, you know, what's under the hood and how much can you bench or how many women or how much alcohol or, or how much did you do? And then we measure, you know, male genitalia against each other. So, you know, when we call things masculine or feminine, you know, it's it's funny that it's it's either a penetrating or receiving force. And, you know, you can you can divvy that up if you want. But as you start to understand life a little bit better and know life a little bit better, it it just puts you in a world of contemplation, a world of lamentation. And this is this is what I really mean. You know, ladies um, at a cer of a certain age, the first period is how you learn that you're a woman. Like, 
I've never really heard women talk about puberty. It's at this point, you got to go home. You got to go change. You got to go talk to your mom or your big sister or auntie or grandma, whoever it is that's around you that will help you understand what it is to now be a woman, which is it, it, it it's an achievement, but it can be terrifying. You're not going through puberty. Now you're a woman. And in, you know, Mexican culture, you have quinceanera, you know, Latin speakers, you have quinceanera with it. Now this, this girl is now a woman. And like me personally, I don't look as a 15 year old as a woman. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different of a guy. I'm a little bit more mature taste. <laughs> so, you know, even, even in my age right now, I couldn't imagine, um, dating that 25 year old yoga instructor like I'd, I'd be looking for somebody at my age or maybe even a little bit older um, if if that ever came to it, which it's not. I'm good. But um, for boys, you go through puberty. <laughs> you go through a series of uncomfortable, you know, uh, erections. I'm sorry, you know. Whoever is out there, please don't <laughs> don't listen to this with your kids. But you go through, you know, this series of, of uncomfortable things and a rise and, and, and drop of testosterone. You know, is it the caffeine? Is it how much Mountain Dew you drank? Is it, you know, the weights? Um, are you taking supplements to try to make a football team or get a scholarship or baseball team, track team, basketball team? You know, was it the music that you listened to? Um, was it the food? Was it the girls that you were around? And not knowing the effects. Oh, my God. Not knowing the effects of chemistry. I'm not talking about the chemistry of falling in love. I'm talking about the chemistry that people affect each other with. It is such an understudied science. And we, we, we need to do a better job of understanding it. We understand that the seasons will change our mentality and the way we do things. We should understand that people do this to us, too. And the strongest drug of any drug that oxytocin and, and everything else that we think and expect about those people is love. That that desire, that passion that we have toward a person and us not digging into that just a little bit deeper um, is kind of scary. So why am I saying all this? I have a point. Whether it's becoming a woman, puberty, funerals, um, all of these things shape us. Weddings, birthdays, the food that we eat, the the chemistry of the seasons, um, the mindsets that we ultimately have. It all shapes us in a certain way. And we all come from a family. So when I talk about the importance of family, yes, I do want to individualize you and look at you as one person. Like, of course, I want to do that. But then also, I want to be able to say this is the, you know, uh, uh, Stuart family. This is the Hauser family. You know, this is the Reynolds family, the Williams family, the Donahue family, the O'Donnell family, O'Brien family, 
Um, you know, wh whatever your lineage is, whatever your roots are, it's good to be able to tie that back to a family. And when I talk about the importance of family, not only should you be seen as an individual, you should be seen as that cluster of good stock, that cluster of great people, that cluster of intelligent people, that cluster of wise people. And I'm watching a show now, won't tell you which one, very popular on Netflix, involves a very large body of water in the Midwest. <laughs> um, family names can carry a curse. And that's, that's it's, it's really sad. Family names can carry a curse. And it's not something that you willingly open yourself to in the beginning. But I mean, what happens is a few, just a few bad decisions, a little bit of greed, and now your family's cursed. Where you all could have been this wealth of, of, you know, knowledge, wealth of giving, wealth of blessings, but now you're cursed to just be takers and, and be nasty and, and not have a, you know, pure perspective and clarity towards what you should be doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to use some color. I'm going to put some color in it, white and black. I'm, I'm going to go white and black for a second. Um, when we're talking about the importance of family, I mean, it, it's no secret. There are ghettos. There are trailer park, you know, trailer trash. We know these people. These people are our family. They're our friends. And, and if they aren't and you're so far and distant away from them that you aren't anymore, like, I get it. I understand. Maybe it was so painful that you know, you want to cut ties and sever ties and never associate with them again. Like, I get it. But to me, let's open this up a little bit. What the importance of family really means is that we can navigate from now to the next 20 or 30 years and understand our individuality, but also be together. So what that means is the ability to look at one another individually, joys, fears, concerns, wants, and needs, and also be included. So, when I go into importance of family, this is what's really hard for me. You can have one person that's cut off. Now, say this one person is cut off. From a really big family where there's five kids, same baby daddy, same baby mama, five kids. Now, say there's five kids and these five kids were, um, you know, 60s, 50s, 60s babies. And now those kids have kids and they're, you know, present today. And, you know, they're in their 20s or 30s today. Now, when one of those um, one of those kids that's now a grown man in their 50s or 60s today has kids and they live, I don't know, in a poverty stricken area, 
they're on drugs, their kids are on drugs, they're, you know, this, that, and the other. If they were outcast or shunned at some point, and all the family does is judge them, now the kids are being judged. So at what point do we as a family pull them back in and say, hey, kids, or hey, whether it's the mom or the the son, um, you know, the, the man or the woman who was one of those five kids, hey, let's let's get back in this. Let's clean you up. Because instead of like, you're not going to piss me off until, you know, the end of my days. Like, let's build up and, and do this thing together instead of just writing them off. And, and here's the hard part, not acknowledging someone's individuality and lumping it into your mindset is for me the, the, one of the worst things that you can do. Now, I'm not saying if they're constantly struggling with life and constantly struggling with things that you need to have them committed, that you need to take them to an asylum. I'm not saying that. But if they do require special help or therapy, I don't think just dropping them off at church is the best way. Especially the bigger the church it is. Me personally, I know this from martial arts. I know this as a coach. I know this as an athlete. I know this just from a learning uh, background and environment. A smaller class is usually very helpful for your learning because you can take the time to ask questions and, and dig a little bit deeper, you know, versus being in the you know college setting with a large auditorium where there could be 100 to 300 kids in one classroom. So maybe instead of dropping them off at that mega church or that big church that has all the, you know, breakouts, you know, maybe it might be a a good idea for them to just get one on one with their pastor or, you know, (laughs) whomever you would qualify to build them up. Family should be able to recognize that in family. We, We can't make a meal and cook this person's problems away. We can't just tell them to pray their problems away. We can't just tell them, oh, this when you marry this woman or you marry this man, all of your problems will be away. It's not that easy. I think we're proving that. And as the as the fabric of families continues to dissolve from what I'm seeing. As the fabric of most families continue to dissolve. I think now more than ever, it's more important to not just embrace that individuality as you lump it into the group of family, but also understand that you don't have to fix all of their problems, but you do need to be their support. When our family is supporting us and we feel like our family is supporting us, you have no need to go to the drugs. You have no need to go to the alcohol. You don't have a need to cheat. You don't have a need to gamble. You don't have a need to to (laughs) trade and, and flush all your money away on, you know, cryptocurrency. Oops. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for that. 
That's my Warren Buffett advice. (laughs) But when your family's really there and they're really loving you and understanding your individuality as a person and not lumping their expectation on you, it makes it a little bit easier to see what this person really is. Because you're not looking at this person as a a, a second or third removed version of yourself, a copy of yourself that has, oh, we ate at the same table. We had the same clothes. We had the same food. We had the same parents. Well, one person controls all the pieces on a chessboard. And if you don't know individually the power in each piece, you will lose. And this is what I'm saying. Isn't it time you knew the power of each piece? Like, shouldn't you know that? And shouldn't it be increased? If not one, not two, not three, but four and five people understand that if you look at the pieces on this board, we can help. Hey, Pawn family, come on over here. Rook family, come on over here. Knight family, come on over here. Bishop family, queen family, king family, come on over here. We got you. We know what you are. We know what you do. So then, because you know the family, you dig down a little bit deeper and you understand each individual piece. (laughs) Well, they are white pawn, a gray pawn, a X-Men pawn, a Marvel pawn, a DC pawn, a Barbie pawn. A uh, Ink Master pawn, a uh, Ozark pawn, a uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Breaking Bad pawn, a Power pawn. You know what are they? So even even though the piece may classify what they are, there can still be another family or a lineage within that piece to break down the description of what they really are. Well, hey. I'm talking about the importance of family. You know, I love you all and appreciate all this time. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be be right back with you soon. Ooh, can't talk. (laughs) All right. So welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast. We're talking about family value, um, the importance of family. So, um, you know, several things come to mind. There's that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, there's movies like soul food. Um, you have like TV shows like full house, um, family matters, step-by-step, you know, all that TGI Friday stuff, blossom. Um, uh, God, what else? There was another one that was like stuck in my brain, the Brady bunch. (laughs) Um, these are just a few shows that come to mind. Friends, uh, Martin, Living Single, uh, God, what, Roseanne, um, I even, I, I mentioned Power earlier, but you have these shows that come up and they just completely sweep all of our time away because of the effort and the work that these people have done to make these films or make these shows. And and the craziest part about it is, okay, if they have a season and put those 10 hours into that show. What we don't see is how they might have spent a whole day shooting the scenes for that one hour show that you enjoy. So for just that one season, 
It might have been a whole day dedicated to shooting those scenes, scene after scene after scene after scene, you know. And so that's that's the real work. Yeah, they can keep recutting it, but it's a time commitment. Difference is, you know, in in the theater world, if you know theater, that time that you spend, you know, a, a month or two getting off book and learning your lines so well that you don't need the book. You put that play up for, you know, a whole week. And what people don't realize is the time that, that that's been spent to learn and invest those lines into your body so that it sounds like it's really coming from you, not the pages, not the character, but you are that character. And this is my point. You are that character. I think of, of pretty much anyone that I could talk to or anyone that I could could, you know, stand in front of right now, if I'm if I'm talking to you and, and standing in front of you right now. One of the most frustrating things, and I can I can I'll ask you this question. Isn't it frustrating when someone assumes that you're one thing and you're complete opposite or they've got it completely wrong? Now I I don't eat shrimp and lobster. You are more than welcome to. I've had people serve it to me. I just didn't grow up eating it, so I don't have that taste for it. It's not that it's not good. It's amazing. Like I'm, It's great. But I didn't grow up eating shrimp and lobster and, and seafood. Now, catfish, uh, <laughs> swai, redfish, snapper, grouper, um, walleye. Like, yeah, I'll eat those. Like, I eat fish, but I just don't have that taste for, um, you know, shrimp and and lobster. So especially if you're a vegan and you eat vegan foods or the first thing you want is to sit down to like a steak dinner. Now, let's say. I'm, I'm just going to say it like this. Your favorite food is a honey crisp apple, honey crisp apple. And you're allergic to pineapple. Pineapple will close your throat. How would you feel if all you wanted was that Honeycrisp apple and I kept feeding and forcing you to eat this pineapple because the rest of the family does and it is literally closing your throat and I'm mad at you because you won't talk to me and speak to me in regular tone of voice, but you can't breathe. You can't breathe. (laughs) What I'm forcing down your throat not allowing you to breathe. Now, I live in a country, not everybody has this. I live in a country where we have the ability to actually say, no, I don't like this. I'm not going to marry that woman. I'm going to marry the woman I choose. Or I'm not going to do this type of of, um, uh, religious following. I'm going to choose this. You guys go to the left, we go to the right. (laughs) I can choose where I want to drive and where I want to go or who I want to worship. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get chopped down and beheaded because of that. And what you do with your own time, who you love and who you worship, that's all on you. You enjoy and you have a great time with what you're building. But like I'm saying. If the whole family eats pineapple and it clogs your throat, 
Does that mean you should have been thrown off the cliff at birth because you're damaged goods from the beginning? Well, our whole family eats pineapple. Why can't you? It, 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 you'll literally kill them. And then not understanding their individuality and forcing them to, to, to be lumped into the group is the exact opposite of what we teach our kids and teach everyone about peer pressure. Well, this is, this is the way we've always done it. My mom and dad, they, they always had this for us. My mom and dad said you were supposed to go to Notre Dame. So because, well, you know, all three of us went to Notre Dame and even the little brother went to Notre Dame and you didn't go to Notre Dame. You know, our whole family went to Duke. Our whole family went to North Carolina. Our whole family is is <clears throat> uh, TCU Bullfrogs. <laughs> Our whole family went to Texas A&M. Our whole family went to Nebraska. And you want to go to USC? You want to be a Gator? You want to be a Georgia Bulldog? Yeah, you want to be a Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> um, but you tell them peer pressure is bad. Don't know. Everybody's smoking drugs. You don't need to be smoking drugs. If everybody jumps off a bridge, you don't need to be jumping off a bridge. But then you completely strip them of their individuality when it comes to family. And that's the thing. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that being in a family means that you reject and fight everything that you don't like. What I am saying is you should talk about it. And if you're not willing to understand and learn one another, that's your problem. Not everybody's just going to have it. I mean, we're men and women listening to this podcast here. Not everybody's just going to, boom, be perfect. You have to understand that there's going to be some times where even in our perfection, we're going to make mistakes. Where someone that doesn't know you very well would be like, oh, my God, you had money trouble? You have finances? You had like, yes. A lot of people don't understand. A lot of these millionaires and billionaires, they hit the ground so hard sometimes that they couldn't even move. I'm not talking about suicide. I'm talking about they hit the ground with opportunities and in life with their family and with their friends so hard that they couldn't move. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So, to me, the real value of family rests in the ability to see that I love this person enough to understand what's going on in their life. And yes, I might have the family bias of my name and what we do. That's, that's fine. I'll have the family bias. But that family bias should never be over that one person because <laughs> I'm the last male in my family of my name. If I don't have any more boys, everybody better be really nice to me <laughs> because that child is going the way that I go. And this is this is what I'm really saying. It, it gets real when you have kids, because now whatever Force and nutrition and diet, mental, physical or spiritual, has been fed to that family member. 
now multiplies into the kids. So if you treated, you know, somebody like trash and they were on heroin and drugs and strung out, well, it's no wonder their kids are, too. I don't care if the whole family was wealthy and they were Kardashians. If you treat one like trash and they feel like trash, they're going to end up falling so far down the social ladder that when they finally hit rock bottom with their kids, their five or six or however many kids, they'll be unrecognizable. You, you almost have to cut them off and move so that they can't make their way back to you. That's the importance of family. Just understand that not everybody's going to have it at the same level. Not everybody's going to make the same money, have the same 4.0, the grades, marry the same class of people, status of people, or have the right understanding of, of what to do in all these times. And, and that's what I'm saying. If you got it, if you're good and you understand it, Life, the money, the bills, the taxes, the investments, retirement, annuities, homes, health, relationships, whatever it is. If you've got it and you're doing pretty good in life, understand that now we're looking at you and people do this to me saying, hey, um, I'm struggling with this. You think maybe you could help me? If they keep asking for help. It's because there's a little incomplete cog in their wheel where you're not going to fix it by fixing this one problem. You got to dig deeper. And if you're going to take the time to dig deeper, do not judge them. Help them find qualified help. And I'm going to say this last and final piece because this is this is what really pulled me into this. It's one question. You say you love them, but do they know that you love them? You say that you care about them, but do they really know that you care about them? You say that you have their their best mindset at heart, but do you really? So when I look at you know, white family, white families, black families, I can see this clearly. And and to me, it's even harder to see it in, you know, white families, because, you know, coming from a black background, you, you know, one of the first things you learn as you get a little bit older is racism. And you think that because of that racism, white people have everything. White people just got it. And that, you know, black people just have to work you know, 10 and 20 and 30 times harder for it, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> so you just, you know, go on thinking, you know, oh, I just got to, you know, work a little bit harder for everything and, and you know, push myself to a limit and a barrier, you know, because I don't got it. But you do need to keep working. You do need to keep pushing. You, you do need to effectively communicate in a way that they know that you know that they know they are loved. That you know that they know they are cared for. 
and you know that they know the best interest is at heart. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I do everything I can for them. I give them money. I give them the shirt off my back. I get, well, if you're doing all this giving, where's your understanding? You don't understand them. And to just assume, well, all five of us grew up on the farm. We all ate good. We slept good. Our, our families. No, you're not the same person. You were raised to be an individual. And think with an individual mind. There's only one name on your social security, only one name on your driver's license. So you you should treat that as such. Love, yes. Bring everybody in, yes. And and, and hold everybody close, yes. But mm, we got to do better with our understanding. Well, all right, you all. That's all I got for today. Like, love, share, and repost these messages. I'm loving where everything is going right now. Um, Not so much outside with COVID-19, but our relationship building and how we're doing. Peace and love. I love you all. I'll see you soon.